So as we begin this morning, let's pray together. So will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, as we've just sung these songs that we want to come and adore you, may we not miss what you are calling us to do. May we not forget to come and adore you. And so, Father, we ask that you would guide us this morning, that our hearts, that our minds and our ears would be open to what you have to say to us today so that we can come and adore you today, tomorrow, this week, and the rest of our lives. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I know that some people probably disagree with me, but I think that Christmas carols and Christmas, Christmas carols are some of the greatest songs ever, and Christmas decorations are some of my favorite things, and I just love seeing Christmas lights and just how beautiful everything is. And if you, if you drive past the church in the evening, you may notice some beautiful decorations as well. But I love Christmas carols for a few different reasons. I mean, they're only, one reason is they are only sung at Christmas time. It's like a small part of the year where it's socially acceptable for you to sing Christmas carols. And so as soon as December starts, we're playing Christmas carols pretty much nonstop. Well, I am, I don't know if my husband does, but I play Christmas carols a lot at home. Most people, I love that most people will know some or all of the Christmas carols that we have been sharing over this month. Even people who don't call themselves Christians, even people who don't necessarily go to church will most likely have heard of some of these Christmas carols. Songs like Hark the Herald Angels Sing and songs like the one that we will be looking at, which you've probably guessed the, song, the carol that we are looking at this morning, O Come All Ye Faithful. I love Christmas carols because they're, they're different to a Christmas song. A Christmas song is just a song that people sing at Christmas time. But a Christmas carol is one that tells of the birth of our Lord Jesus. It's one that points us directly to him, that we can recognize who he is, that we are able to even come and adore him. So I personally love Christmas and I always have, and growing up there was always that special things that parents do and that just makes Christmas so much fun, like the Christmas baking and all the decorating and things like that. But when I got married, that kind of changed for me. I, I remember in the first few years of marriage feeling like I was missing something for Christmas. I remember, I think it was our first year, I had to decorate the tree by myself and I was a bit sad because we'd always done that as a family. But it, to, in my mind, I remember thinking, it didn't feel like Christmas and I felt disappointed. But the thing was, I'd missed the point because Christmas isn't about the decorations. It's not about the tree or the, the songs that you're singing or that certain feeling. And I know for me and for people at Christmas time, we can sometimes get caught up in chasing that Christmassy feeling, that, that joy that people seem to have, that generosity that people seem to have only at Christmas time. 
Christmas isn't about just that certain feeling at this certain time of the year. But it's about recognizing who Christ is, not just on one day, but every single day. So it's easy for us, for everyone, but easy for us to get caught up in all the festivities and busyness of Christmas with Christmas parties and caroling events. But sometimes as we get caught up in that, we can forget why we come together at Christmas. We can forget the meaning of Christmas. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at O Come All Ye Faithful, which is one of my personal favorites. This is a carol that has always brought me back to why we celebrate Christmas. And as we sung that carol this morning, you may have noticed that we sung what felt like a lot of verses. We usually only do three verses in that carol, and a lot of people maybe know three or maybe four, but as I was preparing, I found six verses to this carol, and we sung six this morning that may have been a little unfamiliar, but I was disappointed to see that we don't usually sing all of the verses because there is actually so much depth in all of these verses, so much of the story of Jesus, what happened that first Christmas. And so maybe I... I encourage you to look up the words and see what, see what um, they actually say. But we are going to go through these verses this morning. As I was looking at this, I began to realize that this carol actually lines up with Luke chapter 2, which is where we're going to be reading from this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, will you turn to Luke chapter 2? And we're going to try and kind of go through this together. Before we read this, I want to just put a question to us to think about, to think about this morning. What does it mean to you to come and adore him, to come and adore Jesus? Does it mean to come and worship him? Or does that mean, it doesn't mean more than that? As we read and share this morning, my prayer is that God would reveal that to us, that, he, that we would be able to understand what he is saying and see the answer for ourselves. So in Luke chapter 2, we're starting at verse 1. It says, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. 
I bring you good news that will bring joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So this chapter starts with the call for Joseph to return to his birthplace of Bethlehem. At this point, Mary was already pregnant, and so at at this point in, in Matthew, it talks about how Mary found out that she was going to become pregnant and to carry this child, the son of God. So Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married. And so this news from the angel that Mary was going to give birth to the son of God was long ago. Well, maybe not so long ago, but could be long ago. Depending on how Mary was doing, it might not have felt long or it could have felt like a long, long time, a long pregnancy. And so they took this journey and, and they got there and there were no rooms for them in Bethlehem. And so someone, someone who maybe an innkeeper, we think of it as an innkeeper, felt sorry for them and let them come and stay in, in the stable or kind of like a barn or a place where you keep animals. And so here's Mary and Joseph. Mary gives birth to Jesus in a stable. And then this is kind of where the carol for us this morning begins as we hear this message from the angels to the shepherds and as they journey through that first Christmas. So we mostly all know this first verse and chorus that we sing every time we sing this carol. It says, O come, all youth faithful. And we sung these words this morning. So we know that for, for Joseph, he returned to his hometown of origin. For us, the call to come is a little different. So the call for us is to come and adore him. It shouldn't be surprising to note that Christmas and Easter are some of the times when churches all over the place are busier. There's more people because they want to come and 
honour Jesus or recognise what happened at Christmas time, on Christmas and Easter. It's almost like the other days of the year don't necessarily matter, but these days are significant because of what happened. We can get so caught up in life that we can neglect to spend time with the one who created us. We can forget that love we had at first or, or neglect the love that we should have for our, our God and our King, to just come and adore him. And it's kind of talked about this in Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 to 5 where Jesus is talking to the churches. And he says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the work she did at first. Do we love Jesus and others as we did when we first recognized his love for us? Do we remember him the same way we did when we first believed in Jesus as our Lord and Savior? 2019 may have been a year where faith has been or looked a little bit different. It's not that we necessarily stopped believing in God, but maybe our love has, has grown cold. That we don't love him or each other as we once did. Each day and today we have the opportunity to make it different, to come back to our first love, to make this Christmas different to all the other Christmases. Just because one day or some months didn't seem as full of faith as others doesn't mean that today or tomorrow or the rest of the year has to be the same. Because the call is for us to come and adore him, to come back to our first love, to our original faith, and love him and love others as we first did. And when we do that, we will recognize even more his love for us and who he is. Which is where this carol goes next. And it goes into more depth than we realize which is often missed when we only sing, sing the first or the, some verses. So the second verse of this carol says, True God of true God, light from light eternal, lo, he shuns not the virgin's womb. Son of the Father, begotten, not created. Initially, as I read over this verse, I thought, wow, this really talks about who Jesus is, and we so often miss this verse. It talks about that he is the begotten son of God, that he was not born of the natural way, that he is God, that he is light. But as I did some research, I discovered that this verse is actually based on the Nicene Creed. So the Nicene Creed was 
written well before this carol was. So this, the Nicene Creed was written in about 325 AD at the Council of Nicaea. And it says, we believe in one, in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. This creed was put together as a statement of faith for people to declare what they believed and to oppose was to oppose what was incorrect theology. The people who wrote this really believed that Jesus Christ was God's son and that he was begotten of the Father. This verse kind of restates what this creed says. And so as we sing this verse, as we sing true God of true God, it's a declaration recognizing that Jesus is God's only son. We can often neglect the term begotten son. And in some different versions of the Bible, we just read that Jesus was God's one and only son. And we can skip over this verse because it's well known and we, we know it that Jesus is God's son. And you may know this verse or recognize these words from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So some versions say one and only son, but the, the New King James Version version says begotten son. The thing is, begotten doesn't just mean that he's God's son, that he's God's one and only son. It means that he literally came from God, that his DNA is literally from God. It's Jesus having God's divine nature. It's nothing that we can comprehend really or um, nothing that we can create ourselves. That Jesus was begotten of God. We are not begotten children of God. We are children of God, but Jesus is from God. And that's what this carol and the Nicene Creed recognize, that he is the true God, the Son of God, through the Virgin Mary. But it's also what, what John 1 tells us about. And so we'll read a bit of John 1 this morning, starting at verse 1. It says, In the beginning... The word already exist, existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. 
He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one greatest blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So in John chapter 1, it starts and it talks about the word, which was Jesus. That Jesus was with God at the very beginning and that Jesus came to earth through the Virgin Mary that he became a human and made his home among us, that in him is unfailing love and faithfulness. So the call is to recognize Christ as who he is. That as we come back to our first love, as we come and adore him, that we can stand and say that, yes, Jesus Christ is the begotten son of God, the true God, that he is from light. And then this carol continues and takes us a little bit further, which in the carol or in Luke 2, it talks about the shepherds. And in the carol, it kind of jumps and talks about the Magi, which I won't talk too much on this morning, but you will hear about in the coming weeks. But the angels, angels sing glory to God in the highest. And these verses talk about worship. So this kind of worship is shown in the carol in O Come All Ye Faithful in verses four and five. Verse four talks about the Magi. And the wise men. And we read about them in Matthew chapter 2. It talks about how they were led by the star and how they adored him, adored Christ, and offered him gifts as they worshipped him. It says, To the Christ child, we bring our hearts oblations. Now, an oblation is worship. We bring our worship to God. And so they came and worshipped. So as we come and adore him, Christ the Lord, we can often reflect on, on this sweet little baby, this sweet little precious baby. And Jesus, while he was born physically human and was a baby, he was not just a baby. He is, he was God. And he wasn't his light 
He revealed God to us. So the call is to come and adore him, not not just a baby, not a baby, but to adore and worship God. To come and adore him, not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. So at this point in Luke chapter 2 and in this carol in in Matthew chapter 2, Jesus was only a baby. He hadn't grown up and died on the cross for us. And so these magi came and these shepherds came and worshipped God because of who he was, not because of what they received from him, but because they recognized that he was God. I think sometimes we can worship because we are so thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. But have we ever just thought about who God is and just worshipped him, just adored him, not because of anything we receive from him, but because of who he is, because he is God, just as the shepherds did, just as the wise men did, as they brought this child, their oblations, their worship. They brought him these gifts, that they brought him what they had. This Christmas, we have another opportunity to come and adore him, not this little baby Jesus, but adore God. This next verse, verse 5, is another verse that is commonly left out. But it actually places us in the manger with Christ, where we are able to gladly embrace him without awe and love. Who would not love you who loved us so dearly is, is what this verse is saying to Jesus. Who would not love you, Jesus, for you love us so dearly? And you can hear the echo of John three sixteen for God so loved the world. In this verse, how can we not love him back who loved us so much first? So the call is to come and recognize ourselves in his light. We are the poor sinners. We are the people who desperately need saving. And that's exactly what he does. This baby was born and laid in this manger out of his great love for us to do something that we weren't able to do and we aren't able to do. He loved us then and he loves us now so much. He loves us poor sinners. His light is so amazing that when we stand in it, we recognize just how much we need him. the most amazing thing about Christmas is that while we are called to come and adore him, Jesus chose to come to us first. We love because he first loved us. Jesus was with God in heaven, and we read about that in John 1. In the beginning was the word, 
and everything was created through him. So Jesus was with God in heaven and he looked down on earth and saw us helpless, unable to live our lives the way to be with him. He saw our enemy who was working and is working tirelessly to pull us away from ever knowing him, to pull us in all different directions with different distractions, with different accusations that he puts upon us. He saw these children that he created and he loved. He loved us with a love that we had never known and he put everything else aside out of love so that we could be with him for all eternity. It's love that is so selfless and sacrificial and we read about it in Philippians chapter two, one of my favorite chapters. It's Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He saw us, and he chose to come to earth to leave his throne. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is why we need Christmas. This is why we celebrate Christmas, not because a little baby was born, but because the king and the creator of the universe chose us and loved us. That he loved us so much first that he came to earth. How can we then just go on living our lives with without him, without worshiping him or acknowledging him for who he is, just as this carol talked about. This Christmas carol, O Come All Ye Faithful, isn't just a fun song to sing, one that is, is full and happy, but it's a call to really know the meaning of Christmas, to really come and acknowledge who Jesus is, who this baby was that was wrapped in strips of cloth and placed in the manger. But knowing all this, we always still have the choice. What is our response to the call given to us at Christmas to come and adore him? As Carol has played often and, and people sing, come let us adore him. But what is our real response to that? To come and adore him is much more than just thinking about this little baby at Christmas. But again, to recognize him as Lord. May we not miss Christmas this year. This year, will we come and adore him? Coming back to loving him as we did 
at first and loving him as we were created to, to come and adore him by standing in our faith, declaring who Jesus is, that he is the begotten son of God, that he is true God of true God, to come and adore him because of who he is, Christ the Lord. Not just a no longer a baby, but the savior of the world. Who loved us before we even knew what that meant. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much for your great love for us, that you loved us so much that you chose to come to earth so that we could know you, so that we could come to you and adore you. Father, I thank you for your word that tells us of who you are so that we can understand and grasp what we need to do to be with you. And so, Father, as we hear your call to come and adore you this morning, may we not forget who you are this Christmas or each day, but may we remember that you are God, that you are King, that you, Jesus, are the creator of the universe, that you loved us so much, that you came you grew up and that you died in our place so that we could be with you for all eternity. Father, may we not miss that this Christmas. May we come and adore you, bringing you our worship because you are God. Father, forgive us for the for the times that we neglect to do that. Teach us to love you more, that we would be able to come and worship you and love you more and more each day. I thank you again for your love for us. Thank you for being here with us and for the things that you are calling our hearts to do this morning. May we not neglect that, but may we respond to you in what you're calling us to do. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.